Welcome to Gulf Life Now, where you can learn about all things real estate and life on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Your host is Bill Anderson, who includes his considerable knowledge and personal experiences about relocating to the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Whether you're buying, selling, or just interested in living on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, this podcast is for you. Thanks for coming back to uh, Golf Life Now. This is a service of Logan Anderson, Gulf Coastal Realtors. We're located here on the beautiful Mississippi Gulf Coast. Now, often we talk about lots of things that won't necessarily relate to the sale of a house or the purchase of a house, for example, but they are related. So today what I want to do is talk to you about how income tax deductions work or actually your tax liability when it comes to buying and managing, owning investment real estate. Now, we usually call this residential rental real estate. It can be any type. It can be short-term, long-term, medium-term, apartment buildings. It's all the same to the IRS, basically. When you decide that you want to become an investor in this residential rental property, uh, you need to look at it from a financial perspective, of course, and that with, that is, how much money am I going to make? Well, how do you determine that? Well, you've got income coming in, you've got expenses going out, and then what's left over is generally what you can keep before paying taxes and maybe some other incidentals, such as long-term maintenance on the property, which I'm not going to get into here. But there is a way for you to get your hands wrapped around the idea that there are deductions available to you if you are a property owner. Now, not all properties generate a profit after paying for all the expenses. As a matter of fact, one of the things that keep that from happening is something called depreciation, which I'm not going to discuss here. We have discussed it in other things before. Uh, depreciation can bring you down to a, a, a net zero or actually a uh, somewhat of a loss. But that's not the point of this discussion. I want to talk about the two basic types of activities that the IRS recognizes. One is called passive investment. Now, passive investment is pretty much what it says. You own a property. You've hired a property manager to take care of it. You really have nothing to do with it. You just take a look at what's in your bank account every month, and you maybe pay a few bills with it, or the bills are already paid before you get the money. Uh, But that's about the extent of your activity with that property. Somebody else just takes care of it for you. And that is the nature of most investment properties in the United States as passive investments. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. So you think, for example, that you've got this vacation rental property that didn't do so well. Maybe you actually lost some money at the end of the year. You lost $5,000. So you think that, well, that's great because I can roll that into my own deductions. Well, that's not necessarily true. Let me tell you what the rules are with that. Everybody thinks that it's an automatic deal, but it's not. If you earn more than $100,000 after deducting some typical things that are not, you know, your house mortgage and those kind of things, uh, then you cannot act as a passive investor. Earning more than $100,000 of what's called modified adjusted gross income, or MAGI, 
is what they call it, uh, means that you can't deduct anything uh, this year. Now, don't worry about that because with all types of ownership and whether it is passive or we're going to get into active, you don't lose any deductions. They just get pushed forward and you can use them when you sell the property. And it might be a few years, it might be 20 years, but they're still going to be there for you. All those losses that you may have sustained in maybe year one, year four, year, year six, whatever, all of that gets pushed forward by your CPA and they keep track of that. So when you go to sell the property, they're going to take all those losses and they're going to deduct them from the income in that particular year and you're going to be looking at uh, a, a benefit. Now, it's not just the income from the property. And we're talking about here on the uh, MAGI thing is that you can deduct up to $25,000 of losses against your ordinary income, your W-2 wages, when you are a passive investor with a short-term rental, for example, or a long-term rental. It doesn't make any difference. Um, and that's the maximum. You can't deduct more than 25000 If you have 40000 you deduct a twenty-five, and then the 15000 gets pushed forward. Okay? So I hope you all understand that. That's called a passive activity as opposed to an active activity. So I'm going to go over that real quick with you again. Okay, so if you have earned less than $100,000 and you have some losses from your vacation rental, you can deduct up to $25,000 of those losses in the current year against ordinary income from your W-2 wages. Now, part of that ordinary income is going to be the losses that probably pushed through from your sole proprietorship or your LLC into your 1040 form. So those losses on the property are going to be pushed forward in there along with any other losses that you have when you do your 1040 form. So the maximum is $25,000 on that. And your CPA should be able to tell you this. If you have investment property, I strongly suggest that you have a CPA. Now, bookkeepers understand some of these things, but CPAs understand the uh, more uh, detailed laws than the typical bookkeepers do. And they can look around and say, hey, you know, if you just did this or just did this, you'd be able to do this. And the bookkeepers can't do that. So I'm suggesting that you talk to a CPA to get all the fine details on this passive activity because they're going to have to know when they file for you at the end of the year. There's no reason to wait until that time to figure out whether he's going to file as passive or active. Now let's get into the active uh, type of ownership here. Now an, an active owner is an owner that does pretty much everything for their property. That means that they're out looking for the tenants, they're managing the repairs on the property, they're paying all the bills, they're doing literally everything when that property. And that is called an active investor. Well, an active investor can deduct all of the losses and expenses that come from the property. Uh, but you've got to prove that you are an active investor if the IRS comes around. And that's important because a lot of people are not actually active investors. They do a few things, but they don't do everything. They give somebody else some responsibility, and then when they give that away, they're actually reducing their ability to be an active investor according to the IRS code. If you hire a property manager, you cannot be an active investor, at least in the you know, real clear, defined term. However, 
That being said, you need to talk to your CPA because you can do some of the activities that the property manager does. You can work with the property manager. You can make some code decisions with the property manager. Still letting the property manager take care of all of the things on the ground, but you can work with the property manager on setting price, for example, maybe even making a final decision on a tenant going in, even though it's essentially pro forma. The property manager does all the work and just sends it over to you and you say yes or no. But when you say yes or no, that means that you are participating actively in that property. Now, you've got to keep records of this activity for the IRS, and they're going to ask for those. So if this is June 1st, and there is a property you have for rent, and it's been advertised, for example, over in Zillow, and the property manager says, I'd like you to take a look at that Zillow ad and let me know what you think and maybe make some adjustments to it, which you do. And then you agree with the property manager that this is the price you want to ask for the rent. And then the property manager finds someone and says, hey, this I think is a person that's good. I want you to look at the application. I think we're ready to go. And you look at the application and say, okay, that is active investment whether it's enough active investment for the IRS is really something you need to determine with your CPA. It's, it's on the line. It's kind of a, you know, iffy thing. The, an IRS agent could say, well, you pay a property manager to do all of this, so you really don't need to do it. And then your response coming back could say, well, I don't need to do it, but I want to do it. And I get a better outcome if I'm partnering with that property manager in some of these decisions. And that makes it difficult for the IRS to come back and say, well, you know, okay, we'll let you go on this thing. Or we'll say, no, uh, give us some more documentation and we'll make a decision on it. So you need to keep records of your conversations. Emails are good uh, of your communication with the property manager. Now, I'm telling you something that's important that you understand for the active investor. Do not spend a lot of time trying to micromanage the property manager or you'll probably lose them. Work out an arrangement with the property manager in advance telling them that you want to be considered by the IRS to be an active investor. And here are some things that you think you'd like to work with them on that shouldn't bother them, that shouldn't get in their way, that allows them to make decisions also. If you can do that and work with the property manager then you can end up being an active investor. Now, that means that you can deduct, of course, all, any expenses that you put on the property, including your trips to the area to inspect the property and things you buy for the property, such as a door lock, for example, uh, or any uh, other things that you do. As I said before, everything is deductible regardless of whether you're passive or you're an active investor. It's a matter of when you can deduct it. As an active investor, you can deduct all of these expenses in the first year without any restrictions on a dollar amount or an income level. It just gets passed through to your 1040 form. If you are a passive investor, going back to that element, you will still have that $25,000 maximum that you can uh, reach. If you reach more than that, you're going to have to push this forward and take it later on down the road. Uh, even in, as an active investor, you have some choices. Now, I usually counsel uh, my clients 
if they have a lot of deductions and they have created an LLC to create a, basically a company and they're going to be financing some more properties, they may want to consider which items they want to deduct in the current year. Uh, let me give you an example of that. Let's say that you bought a property for rent and you put $20,000 in it to rehab that property and you're renting it. At the end of the year, you've made, say, $3,000 but you've got that $20,000 expense, which means after you deduct a $3,000 and other costs, you're going to be showing a negative number. Often, you don't want to show a negative number, if, especially if you're trying to do some financing down the road. You want to show that that property is profitable. What you can do is work out a situation with your CPA to take that deduction and push it out and divide it by, say, three years, four years, five years, it's called amortizing the expense and it is perfectly acceptable. That way you will put something in for the first year, but what you put in for the first year will not put you into a negative position. You are essentially engineering a way to show the bank and others that you made a profit this year because it's absolutely your choice when you write this off. Now let's say that you have a major deduction coming next year and you don't care anymore because you got the loan that you needed or whatever, uh, then you can go and you can accelerate that and take it all the next year. Uh, and I suggest again that you talk to your CPA who can tell you all about how that happens. Um, it's a great process that the IRS allows and it's one of those mechanisms that you need to understand if you're going to be a successful investor in residential rental real estate. Before you decide whether you want to be a passive investor or an active investor, uh, and even before you talk to your CPA, uh, if you understand that it's just not necessary that you take these deductions right now, unless there's some financial reason to do so, it, it's better to err on the side of caution. If you are an iffy active investor, it's better to be a passive investor. Again, you lose nothing. It is all more or less paid forward for you, and you can deduct this in years to come. Or whenever it's convenient for you, if you have a big year with a lot of income and you need some deductions, and you've got these deductions just sitting out there from years before, you might be able to recover those. Certainly when you go to sell the property, you can recover all of those that you have pushed out there for the years. So I just want to let you know this is the basic information. There's some complications to it as there always is with anything dealing with the IRS. You can try their website irs.com. I would suggest that you'll be less confused if you talk to your CPA about exactly what you want to do. But one of the things that you can still take into consideration when you consider investing in residential rental property is that you will be able to deduct expenses. That's an important thing. Many people are really focused on that. They go, oh, wow, it's a way for me to write off everything. Well, not necessarily everything, and your CPA can tell you what you can write off. Before I close out, I want to suggest this. Uh, in my research on the active investment, one of the topics that kept coming up were the number of times that the owner visited the property during the year. That's an important thing. 
if you own property, you need to visit it if you want the active investment. You might have worked everything out with a property manager, but if you have not been to that property during the year, you might want to consider a trip because going there and inspecting that property is absolute proof of active investment. Plus, your trip will be a write-off anyway, and that includes hotel, meals, airfare, rental car, uh, virtually everything that you spend. Do, do some work on the property. Uh, all of that would be a tax deduction, which because you are an active investor, because you went to your property to visit it, uh, you should be able to deduct in the current year. Well, that's what I have now. Uh, please visit our website. We write about these topics all the time at loganandersonllc.com. And you can check out a lot of our blog articles there. We also have a affiliated site called retirecoast.com, R-E-T-I-R-E-C-O-A-S-T.com, that has quite a, quite a few articles about this topic and other topics related to investing in residential real estate and retirement. You'll find it a wealth of information for you. So please come back to Golf Life Now, our podcast, and listen to another one of our podcasts. Please visit our website, as I said, loganandersonllc.com. Thank you.